And if you don't mind sharing with us, what was it? Well, my big person, you know, big is relative. Uh, big for me could be not big for you, you know. <laughs> no, but, but you know, my first big purse over uh, in the seven figures was in 2009 when I fought um, the pound guy, Chad Dawson. That's where, that's where I had my first million dollar purse. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs> John Pascal, awesome. Uh, thank you uh, for joining uh, Tim and I. Say hi to Tim Stapleton. What's up, Tim? How you doing? Thanks for coming on, John. Thank you. I'm doing great. You? Good. Good. Listen, great to have you, and I'm so happy um, that you join us so close to such a big fight. Now, um, certainly, uh, we have a mutual friend in Sean Oba who set this up uh, for me, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you coming on. I, I want to go back, John, to you. You're a four-year-old kid growing up in Haiti, and you move to Montreal. Now, I don't know how much you remember about that, but what was it like coming from another country here to Montreal, and how difficult was it for you to assimilate to a new country? But honestly, um, I left Haiti. I was four years old, so I was uh, pretty, pretty young. Uh, of course, uh, because when I came, I came in the month of February, with with, with the snow. So <laughs> I was saying snow. I was like, "What the heck?" Is that? You know, I thought they were monsters under the. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the first time that you know I was seeing snow, but uh, it was uh, frankly really easy to 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 adapt myself. Uh, to the snow and the new life because I was so young. I was four years old. I was still like a baby. So you moved to Montreal. Uh, you you get up here. Now you're in the snow. You leave the 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 great climate that is uh, Haiti, and you come yeah. here and you go through your schooling, and then uh, you played some hockey as a young kid. And how did yeah. that happen? I, I actually Oba told me that you were actually the first P.K. Subban. <laughs> actually, I was to be the first P.K. Subban. <laughs> I didn't read NHL, but I, but I used to play double A, triple A. I was quite good. Uh, I was quite good in hockey. But the thing is, um, at 13 years old, I was kind of small. I was 5'2", 96 pounds. So, you know, I was... So I wanted to try know how to defend myself because people was making fun of me because I was small, I was black, you know, we were talking about in, uh, that was in the 90s, you know, I was black, small, uh, and stuff like that. So I wanted to do some kickboxing to know how to defend myself, but uh, I didn't find any places uh, with uh, kickboxing classes. So my mom uh, subscribe me to Hapkido. Hapkido is like a form of Taekwondo. I did that for a year. Uh, 
And uh, afterwards, I quit because that was not for me. I was quite good, too, but that was not my stuff. And uh, my brother, my older brother, Nicholson, he was a boxer at the time. He was the Quebec champion. He brought me at the gym, and that's how I started my career, uh, to follow the step foot of my brother. What kind of boxer was your brother? Was he same weight class as you or different? Uh, well, he was one one class. But say when I started, like I said, I was pretty young. I was 13. My brother was a, was already 17. He was fighting at 165. And me at the time, I was fighting at 119 at 18 years old. So you start your uh, boxing career at the a young kid. Now, you said yeah. kids were picking on you and you had to learn how to defend yourself. So it's great you had your brother to look up to, some security yeah. there, there's no question. But what was it like for you the first time you ever stepped in a ring and had to actually fight someone? Now, I'm sure you hit the bag and you did all that other stuff first, but that mm -hmm. first time going between the ropes and having to fight someone, nerves or... I was nervous because people had big expectations uh, for me because my brother was the Quebec champion. Yeah. So we are the same blood. So people was expecting me uh, to do quite good as well. And eventually, my first fight, I stopped my guy in 25 seconds. So I was by knockout in, the, say, in 25 seconds. And, and, and I won 10 fights in a row. So, you know, I was pretty good. But I lost my first Quebec. Uh, I was fighting at 132 at the time, and I lost my first my first Quebec championship. And then um, I remember I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. But you know, instead to keep crying, I said at one point, you know what? Just forget about that loss. You know, keep working hard, stay disciplined, and you're gonna make it back. And that's what I did. And afterwards that I lost my first Quebec champion, this is the professional uh, championships, I went to the national championships and I won. And, you know, I never lost one national championships. I won eight in a row before I went to the Olympics in 2004. Does that nervous feeling ever go away? Like, do you still have that today? Uh, of course, right now I'm a professional. I'm a veteran. I, I am almost uh, at the end uh, of my career. Of course, like not the same same stress, but definitely I feel like some stress, some stress for that fight because that fight is a homecoming fight. My last fight I fought in Montreal was in 2018, so now I'm coming back home. Uh, I fought on the roads my last five six fights, so right now I'm kind of nervous because. Uh, but you know, I'm very happy though, very excited to be back home. I'm gonna fight La Place Belle on Thursday night. Yeah, and we're looking forward to that. There's no question about it. And um, but before we get to Thursday night, Place Belle, uh, you uh, turned pro after the Olympics, winning gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I went to the Olympics, but unfortunately, I lost versus Cuba. Uh, Cuba at the time was the best nation for the say for the last twenty years, you know, for the last twenty years. Like in 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 twelve weight classes, they were winning probably like ten gold medals. But the things 
I, I got the goal at the Francophone game. I got the goal at the Commonwealth That's what, games. The Commonwealth games, I meant. Sorry about that. That And that was, <clears throat> you were a light middleweight at the time, right? Okay, all right. Sorry. I want one I'd, I'd rather mess up that way than the guy yesterday at the press conference who said you only had two world championships and you have five. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, you, you again, uh, awesome career, Hall of Fame career. You go 21 and 0, and, um, you know, you come up against that. Uh, Carl Froch. Carl Froch, and you had to fight him over in England. How difficult was that fight? Went 12 rounds, you're fighting, not for the first time away from home, but in such a big fight away from home. What's that like going up against that guy in his hometown? Everybody's against you. That I mean, that's got a, the feeling that it, it must be overwhelming. Of course, I was very uh, nervous because uh, I remember, uh, Robin Hood, because I was in nothing. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so I was kind of nervous. I remember see the movie, but actually, I did a pretty good job. That was a pretty good fight. We won fight of the year. Unfortunately, I lost the fight, but at that moment, I knew I had what it takes to become world champion, because you know I gave my all. Sometimes you're in sport, you you win some, you lose some. This time around, I lost. I lost the fight, but I knew I had what it takes to become world. And then I like, I, go ahead. No, I like that because I was going to ask you, like, what it's like to like you know be on that win streak, and then eventually when you lose, is it like a, I know you don't want to lose, but is it kind of a, like a relief because um, you're putting pressure on yourself to like, be undefeated, and then like you said, you win, and then you are you are you learn almost right? Yeah. yeah. I lost, but I learned, and like I said, I knew I had what it become world championship because I fought this guy say on his backyard, and and you know I knew that was a close fight. Uh, maybe if the fight it would have been Montreal, probably the fight it would be in my favor. But like I said, I said Jean, you know what, you know, see what you got to become world champion. Just stay focused, stay on track, and one day you're gonna become world champion, and not after. Not after two years, not after one year, but six months later, I became world champion. Yeah, and then you uh, end up uh, going, you're 22 and one, and uh, then you fight for the light heavyweight title. Now, sometimes it get I get so mixed up with all the different weights and how much <laughs> super middleweight, uh, flyweight, this weight, that weight, but... Um, and, and back in the glory days of boxing, it was always the heavyweights, right? And yeah. and and then you move up to light heavyweight. How difficult is that? And really, how much of a difference does, you know, five, six pounds make in a fight? If you're fighting someone heavier, does it really make a, a huge difference? To be honest, uh, now for myself, in my case, it wasn't a big difference because I was a big super middleweight. I was a big 168-pounder. So when I move up to 175, of course, I was a bit nervous because the guy were bigger. But like I said, I was a big 168-pounder. So I made the adjustment very quick, very fast. And my first fight at the light heavyweight champion, 
it was for the world title and you know i won it so so you know that was not a big big uh, obstacle for me and like and and you know it's only seven weight difference but the thing is when you fight at 168 you walk around like probably 180 so when you fight at 175 you walk around probably 200 pounds that's where is the big difference so is it is it, so is it when you make weigh in or when you have to like weigh in right after that are you trying to put weight on yeah like, yeah right Weigh in the day before the fight, like me, my fight is on Thursday night. I'm gonna yeah. weigh on on Wednesday, Wednesday night. The weigh is gonna be live on yes at five p.m. So the weigh-ins Wednesday night five p.m. and then you never weigh it again before the fight. No, uh, maybe maybe I can weigh again, but that's that's not gonna be for the fact that it just that's just gonna be for TV. Yeah, and. You know, and you know, in 24 hours, I'm I'm gonna be able to put probably like 15 pounds how, back. How on. many? 15. 15. Wow, that's a, that's crazy. What do you eat? What do you wow. eat a fucking cow? <laughs> a person? <laughs> I walk around 200 pounds right now, yeah. so I have to go back all the way down to 175. So at 175, I'm very skinny. I'm very skinny. I have no water in my body no more. I have no more food. I have no say no more fat. So you know, as soon as I drink, as soon as I eat, I'm gonna absorb everything back on. That's that's incredible, right? To, oh, to, yeah. Imagine in hockey, one day you're one seventy five, you come in fifteen <laughs> pounds heavy the next day. Yeah, you, you're, you're going to minor leagues. <laughs> that's insane. you're done. That is insane. That's amazing. Oh, um, so yeah, you beat uh, Di Canu, Di Canu, yeah. yeah, and then uh, Bronco, and then you fight him again. You beat him again, and then yeah. another big I fight. With, I beat the second fight with uh, with Adrian Jacono because when I fought uh, for the world championship at one seventy five, Adrian Jacono was a champion, so you know it gave me a chance. I fought him, I beat him once, and then. Had to do a rematch, you know. In that match, I fought it only with one arm because I dislocated my shoulder three times in the fight. You know, I quit. I said I'm not gonna lose my title like this. He's gonna have to kill me. And <laughs> because of that, I won the fight. So that's why in life, like you never lose until you quit. So true. yeah, no, no I, I like that because it is like in hockey and you know Nux, like you you it's one thing getting to the NHL, but then you got to stay there, you know, like yeah. And, 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 and also even even if you lose a match in the hockey game, the main goal is not that match is the is, is to get the Stanley Cup. So yeah, back on your feet, work harder, have a good team spirit, and try to get back at the uh, uh, the Stanley Cup, you know. And you talk about it, and you talk about, well, right there, team spirit, but everybody looks at boxing as that lonely sport. The training, uh, man, it's all you. Um, but you do have a team around you. But still, to push you every day, are there days training there that you're like, what am I doing? And and you need that push from someone? But definitely, people think like, uh, boxing is a solo sport lonely sport like it is but at the same time it's not because behind me i have an army you know i have like a medical staff 
behind me. I have a, a trainer staff behind me. I have chefs. Uh, I have a bunch of people. I have your friend Sean Ober behind me as well. Yeah. He's a part uh, of my team and Sean if you're listening I love you so much thank you for everything and, and you know, of course people think because when I get on the ring I'm by myself but before I step in the ring I army behind me with me so 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 that's why those people push me every day so you know I'm gonna be able to be on my best ever for the fight do you follow boxing? I know you follow. You probably study your opponent, but do you actually follow all around boxing? Hey, I'm not just a boxer. I'm a boxing fan. Awesome. Boxing, to me, boxing is the best sport uh, in the world, but at the same time, it's the toughest sport in the world. And you know, I compare boxing like a third world country. Why? It's very simple. It's because there's the rich, the poor, and the middle class is very, very, in, in boxing, you make it or you don't. Example, in hockey, you get the best, you get the low, but, you know, see, the middle class is big, you know, because you guys have the minimum salary, stuff like that. So, you know, the middle class, it's it's good. But in boxing, there's no middle class. If there's one, the middle class is very, very thin. Yeah, for sure. Uh, certainly get that uh, thinking. So you fight Chad Dawson. You go on beat him, and then you come up against uh, uh, Bernard Hopkins, who at the time, I believe, was your age right now, 40 years old, no? Yeah, at the time, he was, he was a little bit older than me, but so you mentioned Chad Dawson. I fought Chad Dawson in 2009, and you know, at the time, Chad Dawson was among the best, the best uh, pound fighter in the world, in the top five best fighter in the world. I was the underdog, Four to one to lose against Chad Dawson, but you know me, uh, I'm a guy who always believed in myself. I believe in myself. I knew I was better because those those people, because they Americans, they better than Canadian. Yeah, yeah. because ah, but don't forget, Canada is on top. More Americans call yes. The U.S. it's beneath us, <laughs> so we're on top, guys. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm gonna show them, and you know, I won the fight. I won the fight easily, and you know, I beat. And you know, I'm the only fighter in Kansas history who beat a powerful pound fighter. And then afterwards, after the Chad Dawson fight, I fought a legend as uh, Bernard Hopkins, and the first fight. That I got a draw, but honestly, I really think I won the fight because I dropped him not once, not twice, but three times in the fight. I dropped Bernard Hopkins three times. In the draw. Yeah. You know? But you know, but you know, at the same time, they were trying to make him become the oldest champion ever in boxing history. You know, it's politics. And I grew. I'm the same age as you, and I grew up a fan, and I think I read this. You idolized Roy Jones Jr.? Yeah. I yep. loved Roy Jones Jr. What did you like about him? Just the enter- I mean, he was awesome, but go ahead. So like the way he fight, you know, boxing, it's an art. It's the noble art. And you know, the way he fight, it's art. It's very entertaining. And he got skills, speed, power. To me, Roy Jones, it's 
he, he is the TBE, the best ever. All right. Um, <clears throat> and me, I'm the TBE. <laughs> what, um, Jean, um, Voxen, like you just said it, right? They wanted Bernard Hopkins to be the oldest champ ever. So, you know, boxing also for years, there's a dirty side to boxing. Definitely. In any, like in any it, it, sport. What is, the, what is the thing you like about your sport that you despise the most? Honestly, it's all about the politics and the money. Because I remember when I was amateur, I was fighting for my pride. I was fighting for my country. You know, I was fighting for my country, not for money. Not for politics, blah, blah, blah. but now as a pro, there's so many sharks in the game. You need to check your manager, promoter. The promoter can collude with your manager to fuck you up. And sorry, my That's language. Okay. But you know, so you know, it's 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 a business. It's all about politics and money. You know, money runs the world. So it is what it is, guys. What do you feel about? The whole crossover UFC and this Jake Paul and all that is that is that something you support or is it kind of embarrassing? But honestly, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting for the non-boxing fans, you know. For the hardcore fans, it's garbage. But for for the non-boxing fans, it's quite fun, entertaining for them. And also, it's good. I think it's good for boxing, so more people get to know boxing because boxing is a great. You know, and and me, you know, I think Paul he did he did a great job. He's doing a great job. Um, I don't think he can beat any world class world class boxers right now. But if keep training hard, we never know. You never know. And um, you go up against uh, Sergey Kovalev, and here's what I love um, uh, about Kovalev and. Uh, yeah, watch him as a fighter. And what I, I love what he said about you. He said, um, Jean Pascal has a crazy fighting style with the way he throws punches from every angle. He does odd-looking things in the ring. For instance, in his fight last year against Butte, Pascal threw a double punch at Butte at one point in the fight, and it made Pascal... Uh, it, it, made the other guy look foolish now that unpredictability that you have is that certainly an, an asset i think can be an asset but if you were to describe your fighting style um up against what kovalev just said about you what would it be yeah, but it's, it's right because uh, I fight with angles. Not many boxers use angles, you know. I fight like a little bit larger. used to use angles to fight. So, you know, I'm very, like, uh, awkward to fight because I use angles. My punches can come from anywhere, any angle. So, you know, that's very dangerous. So that's why, that's why Bernard Hopkins had a hard time with me because he was a, because he was not prepared for all these angles. Well, um, Thursday night, um, there's going to be some angles. But before we get there, I want to talk about <laughs> um, certainly what happened um, when you tested uh, 
positive for PEDs uh, before your fight. Now, what went on there? And but, and and, but, and and what went on there? And do you think how, how much do you think that really hurt your legacy moving forward? Um, uh, my legacy, I don't know yet because I'm retired. But that hurt me in my pocket a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I lost millions. Not in the seven figures, but in the eight figures. So I lost a lot of money. Uh, I had a depression. Uh, thank you, Sean. It was there for me again. So once again, Sean Ober was there for me because um, it was a hard time. He brought me to Miami to try to do, you know to decompress, to have fun. He took care of me, and you know that story. It's very sad. It's very sad because I'm. Because I am an Olympic athlete. I come from the Olympics. I've been tested all my life. And, you know, I've been tested also as a professional boxer. And, you know, I've always been negative, you know. And, you know, this time around, uh, I got tested positive for banned uh, substance. But, you know, the things that they don't tell people is I was positive, like, with, like, with with picogram that was uh, something very very small amount of banned substance that that we can retrace in meat in the states trombolone they shoot meats they shoot beef with trombolone yeah and and then afterwards I, I, after all the schedule I made the, I made the hair testing and it shows that I didn't do any cycle because say when you use steroid, you need to be cycled, and you know, and you know, I did. Um, I show there were no cycles in that, so so you know, I proved that so I didn't take any bad substance uh, to try to get better. So you contend still and say that that came from meat. You never took any banned substances. I never take any bad system. That was the that was. Because you know, because the substance was so little that uh, that you know, say couldn't help me to perform better. Yeah, if I had a, a big amount, and you know that amount they couldn't help me to perform better, fine. But the amount that they found in my system was so little, little that they couldn't help me to perform better, better. Well. Um... Regardless, uh, it was in your system, and they yeah. certainly. I paid a price. I paid a price. You paid a price, and uh, financially, and certainly um, moving forward, and we'll see one day. Yeah, certainly for your legacy, and I hope, I hope for you that you're able to uh, get beyond that, and 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 whenever you decide to retire, go out a winner. I'm I'm happy for you that you got a second chance, and. Uh, believe me, I'm someone who believes in second chances. I can tell you that. Yep. So, um, you, well, you bounce back from that, and uh, you end up fighting uh, Fan Long, uh, who was uh, I got, uh, I got accomplished accomplished fighter. Yeah, exactly. I got tested when I fought for Long Maine, and all my tests came back negative because I'm not I'm not a dirty fighter. I'm a honest fighter. And uh, and all the tests came back negative. So I, and Falong Main was the first contender, the first IBF contender. He was seventeen and zero, 
and it was a supper, and I beat him in his backyard in Tampa Bay. Sean was there as well. Sean for everywhere. He's going to be Last bell tomorrow too, um, uh, not tomorrow but Thursday night. And I'm gonna be sitting next to him. I hope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because I've been watching you too, Chris. Say when you the knocking people out. So <laughs> well, listen. And, yeah. So so Fan Long, you beat him in his own neighborhood, um, and yeah. and here you are now, uh, gonna fight this young German fighter. Uh, accomplished kid for a young kid. He's hungry. Uh, I will watch a press conference. Um, he to me, I, you're thick. You're big and thick. To me, he looks kind of lean and wiry. You know, I just seen him at the table there. But um, he's no pushover fighter, that's for sure. And the winner of this fight Thursday night between you and him is going to get a shot at Betabiev. Now, um, going into this fight Thursday, what? For you, uh, I listen. I know you got to worry about what you got to do, but what do you think are the the biggest things you have to do to help you beat this young kid? What are the things you have to watch out from him? But I I really think like uh, this fight for me is a good fight. Uh, the my big advantage uh, for this fight it's I know what is going to. Is going to the unknown. Is going to the unknown. Me, I know because been there, done that. I fought Bernard Hopkins. Now I'm his Bernard Hopkins. Yeah. You know, Hopkins. So, so you know, I got the experience. I got the very. I know for the fight, even though he's gonna try to look cool, not nervous. I know in deep down is nervous. I for fact because I've been there already. Yeah. And, and 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 also with the crowd, me, I'm gonna be there. I know I'm gonna try to please my crowd, but I'm gonna have to stay on track, stay focused on my game plan. Because if I don't stay focused on my game plan, maybe you know that's gonna be uh, uh, maybe like it's gonna try to use the crowd to to put me out of my game plan. So me, it's gonna be very very important to stay on track. And just use my talent, use my talent, use my experience. And him, because he's young, I know he's gonna be hungry. But even though I'm 40, I'm still starving for greatness. I'm still starving for greatness. I'm still starving to to leave my to leave a great a great a legacy. So you know that's gonna be a great fight, young versus an old dog. But you know I always gonna take experience over youth i was uh you just mentioned legacy and i, I want to not to go back or i'm going to go back for a second here first off when you describe yourself as an angle kind of boxer like who's similar to that and second off you said Roy jones jr is the best ever what do you think of mayweather mayweather is very good is very good but prime time prime time prime time Roy jones mm -hmm. mayweather i think Roy jones will beat mayweather because Mayweather defensively is very accurate, very strong, very good. Uh, offensively also, but I think like Roy Jones had more tools, overall tools. He was more quick, prime time. I'm talking about prime time mm -hmm. Roy. You know? So I think to me that's why 
That's why Roy Jones uh, is TBE, the best ever, even over Samoa Medali. But Halley, it's a bigger symbol because he was, he went beyond his sport, you know. So that's the big impact that uh, that he had, uh, say, say on Earth. Uh, I gotta ask you because um, they were some of the greatest fights ever. Mickey Ward against Otoro Gotti, and oh. and. I, I know Mickey uh, uh, from Massachusetts. I've done a couple of events with him, his golf tournament, stuff like that. He used to have a golf tournament down in Boston uh, for boxers who, who were retired from injuries, and they had head, a lot of boxers with head injuries, and he was trying to help, uh, which I thought was awesome by that kid. But those were such battles. Those two guys are incredible. What did you think of those two fighters? Uh, I think they had three fights. Yeah, no, they had, yeah, they, they had three. But what did you think of the, those two fighters in particular? Oh, oh they were like uh, they were warriors. They were warriors. Like that's that's all that's all about boxing is about. Like to leave everything on the table. Like um, those guys, they were there to please the crowd, to show they got guts to show that they are the best, and that's why they gave uh, such a great fights. Yeah, that's incredible. My, my friend Barry wanted um, us to ask about the Thriller in Manila. What did you think of the Thriller in Manila? I, I was... I wasn't even born, I think, at Trinidad and Manila. But, but you've watched <laughs> yeah. it, though, no? Yeah, no, Chris, we're not that old, eh? <laughs> no. You know, we don't know what you're talking about. He's like, tell fucker. us about World War II. <laughs> <laughs> Born, but uh, this is this is the uh, this is history, you know. Yeah. This is history. Uh, of course, uh, I watch those fights. Uh, they are legends, and and like I said, uh, me had my big fight like this when I fought uh, Lucian Bute at the Bell Centers. Yeah. We packed up the place like twenty two thousand people. Like, they say, imagine the Bell Center. Full of people with full of people on the ice. Yeah, the house packed, 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 quiet, and you know that was a great experience for me. And I beat Lucien Boutet as well, so that was my thriller to Malina for me. But in Montreal, were you a fan? Are you a fan of, uh, or were, or I don't know, of Mike Tyson and what he did? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember so when I was a kid, uh, Mike Tyson, his fight was was maybe a little bit too short because he was out. <laughs> but uh, like I said, Tyson went also beyond his sport. You know, he was a, he, he was a big figure uh, for boxing, a big face for boxing for for decades. And you know, I'm glad that at least uh, he's still doing good right now. So, John, uh, back in those heavyweight days, right, they had those big purses and everything. For you, how long did it take you to get that first big purse? And if you don't mind sharing with us, what was it? Well, my big purse, you know, big is relative. Uh, big for me could be not big for you, you know. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, my first big purse over... Uh, in the seven figures was in 2009 when I fought um, the pound guy Chad Dawson. That's where that's where I had my first million dollar purse. So so when you reach that mark, when you keep going, it, it, is it almost guaranteed every fight you're gonna get that or no? 
boxing that's that's the thing with boxing you know uh, that's that's the thing that that I hate about my sport is there's no structure yeah like hockey NBA baseball there's structure there's minimum there's a player association in boxing there's none of that so you can make a million dollar and you lose your next fight you can make 50k yeah uh, you know but like if you lose, you're gonna make half a million or two hundred thousand or you know a quarter million you you lose your fight you can 50k so that's crazy to go all the way up to 1 million and then the next fight 50k so um we're looking at this other sport that's become wildly popular and that's the ufc um yeah have you ever considered saying listen i i've been in the boxing game long enough this looks like where it's going maybe i'll try this and what do you think of the ufc uh, I think but the UFC is another sport. It's totally a different sport to try to copy the boxing model, you know, uh, the with the rules. But like I said, it's another sport. It's a fun sport. That's not my sport because to be a UFC fighter, you have to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but boxing, you use only your <laughs> UFC. You can use your elbow, your knee, your your legs, yeah. your your heart, yeah. everything. Oh. You can ground boxing. If say, if you go on the ground, the boxer cannot punch anymore. So so UFC is kind of crazy, you know. I try. I remember like seven years ago, I tried to do like uh, a crossover fight with Josh St. Pierre, GSP, because my ghost friend is from Montreal as well. But uh, GSP. He declined my offer, but I said, let's go, buddy. Let's try Just let's please the fans. But he said no to me. I'm still working on that. I hope SP is going to say, but honestly, it's just for the public. You know, it's just to give back to the public because at the same time, I said, George, listen, let's start with boxing. And if I beat you, I'll give you a rematch in the octagon. Ooh, wow. So like, <laughs> and, and, and if you lose, that's not gonna impact your legacy because this is not your sport. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not your sport. So, 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 so. Hopefully, one day it's gonna accept GSP. Let's see who's the best fighter, not boxer or UFC fighter, the best. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, you you have other stuff to attend to before that, and that is <laughs> Thursday night, Michael Ephraim <clears throat> and. The winner of that fight is supposed to fight Artur Betabiev. Now, Betabiev, 19 wins, 19 knockouts. I know don't want to get too far ahead, but to go up against a guy like that who has 19 knockouts and 19 fights, does your ass tighten up a little bit? Hey, listen to me. I love challenges. I love Russian monster is the machine. You know, you remember Rocky IV? <laughs> it's Chicago, but I'm Rocky. He <laughs> can, can break down, too. Even though he's a machine, he can break down. Can, you know? So, you know, I just have to find the right angle, and I'm going to break him down. Would that be a big... If you that happens, to uh, that be a big purse, that fight? I, I hope so, definitely. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you know, 
I, see, I never went into boxing for money, mm-hmm. but you know, right now I'm 40 years old. Uh, I'm gonna risk my life. Uh, he has 19 uh, fight now. I'm gonna put my life on the line. I have a daughter, so of course, uh, I need to get paid well uh, to fight Arthur. But like I said, right now we're far from that. Uh, I have a fight coming up Thursday night against uh, Michael Effort, Michael Effort. And if I don't win this fight, nothing of this is going to happen. So that's why I have to stay on track, stay focused. And I'm sure I can hear Sean say, Sean! <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk about Michael Effort. I know Sean. Um, don't worry about it. So, so I'm focusing on Michael Effort. So, all right, you're 40 years old. You fight Effort. Um, just say, well, you beat him, then you fight the other guy. Would you walk away from boxing after that? Is is en- well, guess, enough enough? You, you said I'm 40 years old, but we have to make it clear, Chris. <laughs> I'm 40. I'm a young 40 years old, and plus, I'm black. And black. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, because I'm 40 years old and I'm black, it's probably like, it's... 40 years old, black, it was like maybe I'm I'm a 32 white old guy. Okay. <laughs> so, like Tim. So, so you got 15 more years. I love it. <laughs> four years. So now I'm going to fight Arthur. Arthur is a white Russian. So, so he's really 38. <laughs> so, you know, people... They kind of scare for my life or for me, but I said, "Don't worry, I'm good, uh, good health. I'm in good condition, and like I said, I'm not the average forty years old man. So you know that's gonna be great. If if I ever fight Arthur for the belt, it's gonna be a great fight. But I guarantee you, I'm gonna win the fight. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait to see it on Thursday night at Place Bell and Laval. Awesome stuff. Um, listen, um. You've been generous with your time, and I really appreciate it. But I got five questions I want you to answer for me. And no problem. They, I got one. I got one question. Sean has one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Six. We got. It. <laughs> um, and they're either or. You can. You have to yeah. either or. Okay. So I can only get one answer from you. All right, Tim. Mm-hmm. You can ask the first one. Oh, mine was just, it's an upcoming fight. Is it Ryan Garcia or Gervonta Davis? It's a tough pick, but I'm going with Gervonta. Okay. Okay. And my brother is black. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Nothing against you guys. No, 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 it's fair enough. We get it. Um, (laughs) Here's the deal. Either or. Now, I'm going to ask you, who is... Who do you think is really the tougher person, fighter? The tougher fighter, not the smarter boxer. Who do you think is a tougher fighter? Better be or Mayweather? Alive or dead? No. I gave you the two fighters. Artur Bedabiev or Floyd Mayweather? Uh, The tougher fighter, of course, is Artur. Okay. That's why we're calling him the Russian monster. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> soccer or hockey? Hockey. Hey, from Montreal. Okay. Religion. Putin? Montreal, 
That's the next question. Putin <laughs> or chicken wings? Say that again. Putin or chicken wings? Honestly, I love poutine, but Sean knows me very well, so I got to go with the chicken wings. <laughs> All right. Uh, Haitian griot or soup jamu? Uh, I think I'm going to... Back then, I would go with the Asian griot, but uh, now I changed my diet and everything. I go with the soup jamu. Jamu is the national dish, isn't it? <laughs> Good stuff. And one more. And this one's a killer for all us um, all us men. Mm-hmm. Blondes or brunettes? Uh, when I was young, I was going with blonde, but I think it's <laughs> oh, <thing> now. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I got one awesome. question for you. Go ahead. Chris, bring though. it. You have to answer by one, one answer. Okay. Montreal or Boston? <laughs> wow. Wait, what are we... Uh, he's like, he just cuts it off. We're no, good. Curious. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> are, are we talking the Canadians or the Bruins? Or are we talking Boston the city, Montreal the city? Uh, okay, so I'm going to have two questions. <laughs> the Boston the city or Montreal city? Boston. Boston? Okay. The Montreal Canadiens or the Boston Bruins? Montreal Canadiens. No question. All right. Oh. There you go. So there's a little, a little difference there. I, I have That's a few questions. I just have a few, awesome. just a couple. Okay, Barry wants to say, oh. say hi. Barry's a producer and partner with us. Yeah, but Barry, he's fighting in two days. Just, you know, don't take all day here. <laughs> what was your the highest point of your career? The moment that just you think about, you say that was an unbelievable feeling. Honestly, it's when I became the first time uh, world champion in 2009 when I faced Adrian Giacomo. Um, I realized my dream because I I remember in high school, I was telling people one day I'm going to become world, world champion. And I was small and everybody was laughing at me. And, you know, I did it. So that's why, guys, you have to believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, but not believe in yourself and believe in it. You, you got to work hard, stay disciplined, and be severe in life. Because sometimes there's there's autos, there's bumps on the roads. But you have to keep pushing, keep going until you reach your goal. Because you never lose until you quit. I love let, me, let me ask you this yeah, me to follow up. What's it feel like to be a world champion? I just, I mean, to be, a, you're the best in the whole world at that weight class. What, what's it actually feel like walking around as a world champion? Honestly, it's, 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 it's a feeling, it's amazing. And, uh, and especially with girls, because <laughs> her friend, she knows the best fighter in the world. Nobody can mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. Awesome. Well, I kind of I have that feeling, too, when I walk around with my girlfriend. Of course. <laughs> we're the best of the best in the... So. On skate, we're the best. <laughs> People always question me, hey, what's the toughest sport to play in the world? And I, I always say boxing. Just the, the you're in there alone with the other guy. And, and believe me, I've been in the ring. I've trained. And I've danced around the ring, and I thought I was in pretty good shape. 
You got to keep your fucking hands up because if oh, you don't, the shoulders, yeah, everything. I, I yeah, I have my hands on. I'm like, fuck. I, yeah, I, right here is where I get knocked out. I, you know, yeah. I'm dead tired in 30 seconds when I wrestle my eight year old son. So I can't, like, you know. I mean, it is the toughest sport for sure. I agree with that. As a me and Chris, you were talking about the black Sean and blah blah blah. But you know, Sean think he's black. Sean does. He thinks he's black. Yeah, he he's black, but he told me he's black from the waist down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Barry. Uh, go ahead, Barry. Last question. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I was just going to tell him. No, go. Go. I found go. it amazing. No, tell us. I found it amazing yeah. that you're fighting at 40 years old at such a high level still. I mean, I think how many boxers could fight at that level at 40 years old? You have, I mean... There's like you can count them on one hand that we're still it is amazing. years old. I mean, it's like Hopkins was one, but he was. But how have you changed at 40 years old? You're a 40 year old fighter, right. a 25 year old fighter. How have you, your style changed at all? Or do you think you're. Yeah, style changed because at 40, I don't have the same speed than when I was 21. You know, uh, before when I was 21, I was. Uh, I was really to rely on my speed, my instinct, and stuff like that. But right now, I'm 40 years old, I have to adjust myself. Uh, I'm slower, so I have to be more cerebral, you know? I have more the cerebral and uh, use my speed, my instinct. So, you know, that's the big difference. And the way I train, I cannot train the same way that I was training at 21 because I'm going to get injured, I'm going to get more tired. But, so I need to modify my training as well. I know the way I eat, the way I sleep. So, you know, I made those kind of adjustments. And that's why I was able to last. And plus, you know, I never use any drugs. You know, me, I, I like to have fun. You know, I like to have fun. Uh, but the thing is, you know, in life, you have to learn, you know, what, like how to... They separate everything. There's a time to have fun. There's a time to train hard, to work hard, and never mix both at the same time. When I train, I train. When I party, I party, but with no drugs, you know, with no drugs. Because the drug is going to kill you inside. Yeah. You know, it's going to kill you inside. It's going to fuck you up. So, so, so me, I like, you know, I said something to my friend, and I need to copyright that before someone steal it from me, I told him, like, no no funds, no, more funds, more fun. No funds, no fun. But but you got to work hard to get the funds, yeah, though. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> so true. Is your power still the same as you get older or as it get stronger? I mean, actually, the actual power, your punch. Actually, the power, that's the thing that you lose last, you know? The first thing that, you, the first thing that you're going to lose when you get older is your speed. It's speed, and the power is the last thing that you're going to lose. Well, so you know, I got my well, power. I'm looking forward to the fight. I'm, I, yeah. I, I'm I, and, you won't, hey, and you only lose when you quit? Is that you? Exactly. You only lose when you quit. I love that line. Yeah, and that is great. Watch the fight uh, in the States on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'll be watching awesome. it. 